Welcome to the Reliance Community Podcast. Worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock or 1045 a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. How many love you some Jesus today? Amen. Amen. Um, It's good to have you guys here. If you are a visitor, welcome to Reliance. Um, Our heart is a family in pursuit of Jesus. So welcome to the family. We call ourselves a family. If you're regular, it's good to be back. For some of you guys, I saw this meme going around on Facebook. You made a deal with the Lord on Super Bowl Sunday. Raise your hand if that was you. You're like, Lord, if the Chiefs win, I promise I'll come to church. If that's you today, uh, welcome to, to, to fulfilling your covenant with the Lord. All right? So... Uh, however you came in today, we're, we're just glad you guys are here. It's been a crazy few weeks. Um, a few weeks ago, Christy and I were able to get away, um, and, and we went to Oklahoma. Did you guys know there's mountains in Oklahoma? Anybody know that? I did not, uh, but I experienced. It was a little, it kind of felt like the movie Deliverance. I was like, I felt like there were guys with banjos, and they were after us. I'm just saying. Uh, but we had a great time uh, uh, just kind of pulling back for, for her and I and just really praying. And it was during the fasting, uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting that we're doing and just praying for the Lord just to kind of download on our hearts. And so it was good to be gone with that. And then, of course, last week with the men's ski trip, um, one of the things that was shared before we left, Pastor Matt actually said this, man, we were praying on a Thursday morning and he said, Lord, I pray that a bunch of earthly men would go, but a bunch of heavenly men would come back. And we took uh, uh, 31 guys, we're up there, and I'm telling you, uh, we felt God break loose some things there. And saw guys laying, you saw the pictures, guys praying for one another, laying hand. And these are, I mean, it was awesome. <laughs> I mean, these are men that are, you know, just praying over one another. Um, some guys had just different words for one another and saw different, like, pictures for one Anyways, it was just awesome. And I've got to believe that that was more than just men going up there, but that was the prayer right here at this church as well. And so thank you guys for, for praying for us. Um, God, really, uh, God really did some things there. And so over this next month, I want to take um, really the month of February, the rest of it, and we want to talk about and kind of lay out purpose, vision, mission. Um, we, we know the scripture that says without vision, without vision, the people perish. Or, or another translation says without vision, the people run wild, all right? And as much as we want you to be wild people here, all right, we want you to be wild for the Lord, we also believe that God is strategic, amen, and that God has strategies and plans and and purposes and and those things. And so we we really desire um, to be able to lay out kind of going forward, what what are we after? What's our purpose? What's our main purpose here at Reliance? What's our our heart, our vision, and then what's our mission? Excuse me. And so I want to be able to lay those things out if I can over this next month um, because we want you to know that Reliance is much more than just a a place for a Sunday morning experience. And I know you hear us say this all the time, but but we're really trying to turn this ship. We're trying to turn this ship of saying that we, we don't want this to be a Sunday morning experience and then that's it. We, we feel so like, like that was never God's design when the body of Christ would get together. You read through the book of Acts. It wasn't like they just showed up one time during the week for an hour and a half together and then somehow that you know, constituted their Christianity. There was something that happened in that time, those meetings that they had together where they were equipped and, 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 and empowered and engaged. Something pulled them in. They were engaged. They were equipped. And then they were empowered then to go and actually live out the gospel in their everyday life. And so our, our, our goal is that you don't come in here and just be like, oh, 
enthroned. I love that song. Great song. Can't wait till next Sunday. And our goal isn't that you come in and go, oh, yes, rally, rally, rally behind that message. So good. Can't wait till next week's message. Our goal is that you would come in and that you would be engaged, that you'd pulled in with the word of the Lord, that after the word of the Lord has engaged you, that then all of a sudden you begin to feel equipped by the word of the Lord. And then once you get equipped by the word of the Lord, that you would feel empowered to go and change your places of influence. Because I know you don't stay here all the time, amen? Unless you're hiding behind walls or something, I know you leave. And so you go home or you go to your workplaces or you go to the gym or, or you go to your clubs or you go to wherever it is that you go to. And in those places, I know that there are men and women that do not know the love and hope and power of Jesus Christ. I know. And so our heart then is to make sure then that your experience is not just a Sunday morning, yay, rah, 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 God experience, but a truly I encountered, I was equipped, I was engaged, I was empowered to go and I was in, in, empowered to go and change the, the society that, that I'm around. And so I was thinking about kind of motive and, and uh, what motivates us and, and, and what drives us. And as I was thinking purpose and, and vision and value, and, and I realized that over the years, like my, my heart, my purpose has really shifted. I remember at 21 years old, I became a youth pastor at, at Asbury Church. And I remember at 21 years old, I was full of pride. Do I hear an Amen. And, and, and it was like, it was, it was to the point where I remember coming in at 21 going, we're, we're going to blow this thing up. It's all, it's about numbers. We're going to make this thing huge. It's going to be the best youth ministry in the world. And the Lord really humbled us. <laughs> and then, and then in, in, in 2007, I was able to transition and become a campus pastor. And that's kind of where Reliance was birthed out of. And I remember sitting there and again, just young gun coming in, meeting at Explore Elementary School. We had, I think, 20 people that stuck around, right? They're like, oh, Aaron's coming, let's split, right? And 20 people that stuck around. And, and, and literally, I remember in my mind going, oh man, we're gonna, this, it's gonna be huge. It's mega, this is what it's gonna be about. And that was the, the heart, the focus. I'm just being real with you. That motive was like, we've gotta grow this thing. We gotta fill this thing's going to explode. And I remember those 20 people were 20 people the next year as well, maybe 30. And then the next year, maybe 35, right? And I'm counting babies right now as well. <laughs> and it was just like, the, you know, it was just slow and the Lord humbled me. And, and, and over the years, especially three years ago, this April will be three years since we became Reliance Community Church, I remember the Lord shifted our purpose. The Lord shifted our purpose and, and our motives. And, and I find it funny that over time, motives and purposes and, and things that once drove you, once pushed you, that those things begin to change. I remember back in the day, I couldn't wait for the weekend. I couldn't wait. I was like, Christy, I can't wait. Let's go out. Let's hang out with people. Let's do, let's do, let's do. Now I can't wait till nine o'clock rolls around and go to bed. Amen? I remember when I used to search through magazines for things that I want. I can't, oh, I got to get a new truck. I got to get this. Now, do you know what just absolutely floats my boat now? We bought an air fryer for Christmas. <laughs> I'm frying every. Anybody have an air fryer? I'm frying everything in that thing. I'm taking it with me. I'm their greatest salesman. I want you to know. I'm like, check this out. You can put this in it. Wait, there's more, right? It's got a drawer. Things that were like, like who, like what is that? About? It's an air fryer. Things that I had no purpose, no value, and didn't really care about. Things begin to change in your life as you grow. 
And we realize that about ministry, and, and I feel like it translates into ministry. The things that we were once growing and are going after to grow and, and say, look what we did, or look, all these things, all of that shifted now. And, and we've really planted ourselves in, in, in our hearts and our purpose of going, we don't, I want you to hear me say, we don't grow anything. Scripture says we plant, we water, but it's the Lord who causes it to grow. So anything that happens in this place, I want you to hear anything that happens in this place, anything that happens outside of this place, any of you all who go somewhere and, and you're stirred and you're engaged and you're equipped and you're empowered, you don't have to grow it. God grows it. We just have to be faithful to plant the seeds and water it. Amen? And so the Lord just really kind of shifted our heart in that. And, and so part of that is kind of what's driving uh, this purpose in, in, in our alliance. And I want you to know today when we talk about purpose, um, again, our calling um, at Reliance, and I want you to know it's not just our calling because it's not like here's our purpose statement specific for Reliance. I actually believe this is a purpose statement for all believers. I believe this is the purpose statement for all believers. And the reason I say that is because you'll hear us say this word a lot, unity. We're, we're, our goal isn't to box ourselves off and say, again, look at the church on the corner of 119th and Pawnee. That's not our goal. Our goal is unity because we truly believe that God is coming back for his bride, not brides. Amen? So, so scripture says that the body of Christ, the church, is called the bride of Christ. That, that he's the bridegroom coming back for his bride. And so, but that's singular. It's not like he's coming back and he's going to individually select the churches that he likes. And so we, we, those that are pursuing him and locked into him, we're unified together in what the Lord is doing. And, it, and it's a big deal. And it's not just in the United States. It's all over the world. It's all over the world, which is why what happens in the rest of the world affects us. It should affect us. It should affect our hearts. It should affect it's what's happening in China. It should affect us. We should be praying, deep praying, that, Lord, take what's happening over in China with this outbreak, Lord, and use it for your glory that the church explodes. We should be praying that in. And so um, I feel like this is uh, not just, again, our purpose, but um, really all of our purpose. And, and the next week we'll talk about vision, which I can't wait to do. But our purpose today, <clears throat> if you want to write this down, our purpose is to see and reflect God's glory. Simple. To see and reflect God's glory. Um, <clears throat> you've heard probably this term before, but there's a term that says, what you behold, you become, right? What you behold, you become. And um, in 2 Corinthians, we're gonna go there if you have your Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter three, will you put that up there? I just want to read this for you, 2 Corinthians 3, 16 through 18. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, we're going to break this down here in just a minute. The veil is taken away for the Lord is the spirit and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. You've heard us share this one a lot. So, so all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect. Somebody say see and reflect. The glory of the Lord and the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. 
And so this right here is really kind of where we're going to camp out on over the next couple of weeks for what the Lord's calling us and our purpose and our vision. But you've heard that terminology of, again, what you behold, you become. And I was thinking about this, what you fix your gaze on, what you fix your hearts on, what you're tuned into is typically what we're more apt to see in our life. And and I, I saw this floating around and it's so real for Christy and I. I I, I can open the refrigerator, you know this, and and I can be like, baby, there is no ketchup in the refrigerator. Third shelf, you know, behind the mayonnaise, it's right there, I know it, and I'm looking third shelf behind the mayonnaise, and there's no ketchup, amen? And then she comes over and does the no look. Tink, here it is. Anybody out there? Yeah? But reverse that because, look, she's engaged. She's in tune with what's in there. I'm not. She's engaged. She's in tune. That, I mean, she's been in that thing. I just apparently have not as much, right? But in the same token, we can be driving down the road. I'm like, baby, baby. And I'll slam on the brakes of the car. And I'm like, look, there's a big, huge buck over in the trees. And she's looking. She's like, I don't see anything. There's nothing there. There's nothing here. I go, you got to look beyond the trees. She's like, I'm trying to look beyond the trees, you know? And we're in this discussion. I'm like, baby, it's a mile away. Can you see it? It's a brown dot. (laughs) And she's like, how do you see that? I'm tuned in. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? I'm engaged in that. For for some of you guys, you can see 22 guys on a football field, and a a hold can be, somebody can hold somebody on the other, other side of the field away from the play, and immediately you see it holding Holding, did you see that? Holding. While everybody else is going, man, how did you notice that, right? You can't even see laundry that's in front of you on your floor. (laughs) Do you guys know what I'm talking about? You can see a tiny yellow flag fly over in the corner of the screen. You can't pick up a rag. (laughs) So what you're in tune with, what your heart is after, what you're going after is typically what you're more apt to see. Amen, church? And so what you behold, again, what you behold, you, you become. So um, as we kind of break down 2 Corinthians chapter 3, I want to I kind of go a little bit verse by verse for just a minute. So 2 Corinthians 3 verse 16 says, but whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. I know we've talked about this, but I want to just go over it again. The veil is a big deal. The veil is a big deal, and the veil is a big deal um, because the veil, when it's taken away, it represents kind of this separation from the Lord. It represents like Moses, and I'm going to read this here in a minute. Moses had encountered the Lord when, when the Lord, he said, show me your glory. I'll read this here in just a minute, but he said, show me your glory, and his face had shown, and the people were afraid of the glory of the Lord. And so because of that, he wore a veil over his face. And so this veil kind of represented law, religion, lists, and all of these things. We know that the the temple veil or curtain was torn in half where we could not access God's presence until Jesus came and tore it in half when he died and then resurrected on the third day. And so the veil is this really, really big deal. And so Moses, in Exodus chapter 33, verse 12, and I'm just going to paraphrase this for just a minute. Moses said to the Lord... You have been telling me, lead these people, but you've not let me know whom you will send with me. You've said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you. I will give you rest. 
Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, don't send us from here. We did a whole message on that one time about, man, we don't want to be anywhere where the presence of God is not. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? And then he says this, what else, and I love this, listen to this church, underline this. What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the earth? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. And then Moses, like, I, I have no idea what he was doing, but he cries out and he says, he says, now show me your glory. So he's like, what's going to distinguish us from everybody else? Show me your glory. Now understand, Moses, is, he's not foolish. He knows what this request is all about. This request is death. The, 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 the people of God know that to go before the presence of God, to, to, the people know that to see God is death. Basically, Moses is asking, show me your glory, end me. Be done with me. End me. I want to see you. I don't want to see me. I want to be seen by you. I don't want to see me in me. And so we know that God says, okay, then go and put your face in the cleft of a rock, and I'm going to pass by. Don't look at me. I'm going to pass by you with my back. And it says from that point on, Moses' face would forever have a shine to it or glow or have the glory of God in it. It was a radiance. His face was radiating. What was setting Moses apart from the other people even when he came off the mountain is that his face radiated with the Lord. His face radiated with the Lord. And the people around him were actually terrified by that. And so in Exodus 34, it says, When Moses came down with the two tablets and the covenant of the law, his, and, and it says, with the covenant of the law in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant, and they were afraid to come near him. And when he finished speaking to them, he veiled his face. And, and so I, I just, I, I really believe what sets us apart I'm not, not talking about us versus them. I'm saying what the Lord is allowing us to do here in 2 Corinthians 3 is that the Lord is allowing his spirit to remove the veil. To where you and I get to gaze on the Lord. We get to gaze on God. We get to gaze on his glory. And then from that, we are forever changed where when people see us, there's a radiance that comes from us. There's something that radiates off. They go, there's something different about Jacob Hall. When I look at Jacob and I put him with other people, maybe that don't know the Lord, there's something radiating out of him, and those other people are going, I don't know what he has, but I want it. And then he says in verse 17, for the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. One of the things that begins to radiate out of us is the freedom of God. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. <coughs> we talk a lot about freedom. Um, the idea that Christianity is, 
is all about trying to, confi- you know, trying to confine you um, and trying to control you and, 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 and trying to manipulate you. It's just absolutely a lie from the pit of hell. I'm telling you, you have the most freedom when you're in Christ. You have the most. You're no longer a, a slave to yourself. You're no longer a slave to your emotions. You're no longer a slave to your own desires. You're no longer a slave to your wants. You're no longer a slave to people's opinions of you. You've been set free. And so he comes, we're radiating, we're looking, the veil is removed, we're gazing upon him. The Lord is setting us free through his spirit who lives inside of us. Wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. We know that when we come into Jesus, we get the spirit of the Lord. Amen, church? So freedom lives inside of us. We're not trying to gain more freedom. We're not trying to give up something so that somehow we can get more freedom. We're not trying to try harder for freedom. We're not trying to work out freedom. Freedom lives inside of us. We just embrace it. And then he goes on and he says in verse 18, so all of us who have had that veil removed, who've had the veil removed, can see and reflect the glory of the Lord can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Um, It's interesting to me that when Moses said to the Lord, show me your glory, God's like comment back to him, his comment back to him is, and the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. So when we're talking about the glory of the Lord, I, I believe the glory of the Lord is the goodness of God. And so when we're saying that we want to see and reflect the glory of the Lord, you could say we want to see and reflect the goodness of God. He's good. Amen, church. To a world who doesn't believe that he's good, to a world that doesn't believe that, that, that he's a good God, everybody uses the same terminology, how could a good God allow? How could a good God whatever? But I'm telling you right now, they, they, they get to see the goodness of God through you and I. The question is, are we showing them the goodness of God? So, so I'm changed more and more into his glorious image. He makes me by me beholding him. Do people see Jesus in me? And so when you think about the chief end, uh, 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 the chief end of humanity, what it is that we're after, it's to reflect the glory of the one who created you. I mean, Genesis, right? The, the first of Genesis, Genesis 1-2 when, when God's creating humanity, he says, let us create man and woman in our image. That, that's what he designed us for, is that we would display who he is. So you could go back and you could say the chief end of humanity really is just simply to display, see and reflect the glory of God, God's goodness. The problem is, is if, if you're anything like me, I have a tendency to reflect my own glory. Um, I think one of the big issues with this is that we're glory hungry. Amen? That was muffled. Amen? We're a bit glory, we're a bit glory hungry. And uh, so there's a battle within our heart. Who gets the glory? Who gets the glory? What do I really want to see and reflect? And, and <coughs> the enemy is after trying to take away anything that's going to give God glory. And so we can become selfish. We can become bitter. All of those are for our own glory. We can become angry. We can become unforgiving. All of those are for our own glory. If I can just just be bitter towards this person, I'm winning, right? 
If I can just hold on to my anger, I'm winning. If I, I don't have to forgive that person, I'm winning. And so, or prideful, or whatever, successful, I built this, I did this, whatever it may be. And so we become glory hungry in those things. And, and so the chief end is that God's saying, look, when you behold me, and you see me, and you reflect me, something's happening within you. I've already put the spirit within you. Something's happening. You're becoming more and more and more like me. You're being changed from how it was marred through sin when Adam and Eve sinned, and how it changed. We were marred by sin. You're becoming more and more and more like me, your original design again. And so in, in, in 1 John chapter 2, verse 6, the question is, what does this look like? He tells us. In 1 John 2, 6, that is how we know that we're living in him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. So do our lives line up in the way that Jesus lines up? Are we seeing and reflecting where people are looking at us and going, man, like I've read about Jesus in the Bible. Y'all look a lot like him. Y'all act a lot like him. There, there's something to that. Um, <coughs> reflecting God's glory, <coughs> excuse me. Reflecting God's glory is both a passive and an active thing. Um, a mirror, think about looking into a mirror. A mirror is not an active thing. It only reflects the light that shines into it. In that sense, if we're living a surrendered life, the light of Christ will shine from us. If I just simply surrender my life to Jesus, okay, what's gonna come out of me, what's gonna, when I'm surrendered to him, what's gonna come out of me is just the fact that I'm reflecting the Lord. That's the passive part. It's not active. I don't have to try hard. I don't have to try hard to reflect. I'm just beholding him. The active part, the part that you and I have a responsibility for, is to look at the life of Jesus and ask ourselves, are we walking in accordance to that? Because there is a reality of surrender. Everybody say surrender. There's a reality to walk in the purpose that God has for us as a church and as individuals and really as the body of Christ is that it takes that surrendered life. The active part is surrender. The passive part is that we just behold him. Just gonna look, just gonna set my gaze upon him. What I set my gaze upon, I'm more apt to see over and over and over in my life. And and. And then this last part is that he says, you'll become more and more like him as we're changed. Somebody say changed. And, and I'll just repeat what we say a thousand times in here. Um, how your life is now versus how maybe it used to be should look different. Uh, we were with the men <coughs> in Colorado and we, we went through a, uh, Ephesians chapter four, um, which really talks about a transformed life. And if you guys have your Bibles, go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20. And Paul is laying out kind of what this transformed life looks like. And he says something about this before and after. He kind of talks about things in our life that we've got to lay down and let go of. But he says this in verse 20. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. <coughs> Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off. Somebody say throw off. Throw off your old sinful nature. There's other versions that say throw off the old man. Throw off the old woman. <laughs> throw off the old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. I want to stop there for a minute because I, I want you to hear, you're, you're not trying to rework your old life to make it new. 
It's corrupted. The deception that the enemy wants you to believe is just keep working on your old life. Eventually it'll get there. Just keep trying harder. He's deceiving you by trying to tell you to work on something that's already corrupted. He doesn't say, you know, keep the old life on and, and just try to, you know, patch it up wherever there's holes. He, he literally, it's like a garment. He says, throw it off. Throw off your old life. It's corrupted. You're not going to fix it. You're, you're not going to do better and fix it. You're not going to patch it up. But listen to what he says. Throw off your old life, your old sinful nature, your former way, corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit, somebody say the Spirit. Instead, let the Spirit, Holy Spirit, capital S, let the Holy Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. So the change that's going to take place in you and I's life, once again, is not because we're going to try really hard. It's that we are going to surrender and allow the Spirit of God to work in our life. And then he says, the, the beautiful part, which is, once we do that, he says, put on your new nature. Okay? Put on your new nature, created to be like who? God. The one that we see and the one that we reflect. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Um, I think I've shared this quote in here before. There's a guy by the name of John Wimber, big revivalist. Um, man, revivals like crazy where he went. Started the, the Vineyard Church. He was in an airport one day waiting for his flight. Somebody came up and stood by him, and, and they had this expectant look on their face. Obviously, they knew who he was. John turned to the person and said, you like that, don't you? And the person answered something like, yes, I guess I do. What is it? To which John Wimber replied, it's the glory of God reflecting off of me. John proceeded to lead the guy to Jesus Christ. There, there's something about this beholding and, and, and seeing and reflecting and becoming more and more like Jesus as that veil is removed that has to become our greatest purpose as a church. If somebody says to you, what's your greatest purpose as a church? Bigger buildings? No. Somebody says to you, what's your greatest purpose as a church? Like the most dynamic X, Y, and Z? No. What's your greatest purpose as a church? To see and reflect the glory of God. To go back into the design that God created us for. To go back in the way that God said, man, I created you in my image. Now go and rule and subdue the earth. Amen. I want to be able to walk into a place and I want the radiance of God to shine off of me. And I just picture a group here, I don't know how many, a couple hundred in this room, I picture you going into the gym and everybody's going, you're radiated today. Well, thank you, it's, it's sweat, right? I picture you going into work. Somebody goes, man, there's something different about you. It's the most stressful environment right now. What's, what's your deal? They just see God radiating off of you. I want to, yeah, I'll just end with that. Today I brought a lot of notes and I didn't know where we'd go. <laughs> um, can, we, can we do something? Will you guys just close your eyes for me? Mind we just dim the lights a little bit? 
band's going to sing a song here in just a moment. I just want to ask you, is your chief end, is your chief goal in life, your, like what you're pursuing in life, is it truly to see and reflect the glory of God? Or are you a bit glory hungry right now? Enjoying our own selfish ways, where maybe you're enjoying a little bit of bitterness, you're enjoying a little bit of, of, of unforgiveness, you're enjoying a little bit of pride. I believe, I believe that in this room today, God wants to show himself. Thanks for listening today. If you want to find out how to get involved, go to reliancecommunity.org.